And uh, I'm excited about this weekend. One thing that we do here is we study the Word of God. And we believe that uh, we, we believe that the Scripture comes to us from God. We believe that He's given it to us. We believe that it is to be taken as the authority in our lives. There's no, there's no plan or program that we can give you that says, if you do this or this or this or this, you will be pure in your relationships or you'll abstain from sexual immorality or you'll whatever. But if you will fall in love with the Scripture, and if, particularly if you'll fall in love with the God of the Scripture, and you'll love Him and then love to be loved by Him, He will fulfill you and gratify you and bring you a joy and a satisfaction in life that, that is indescribable, and you'll hold fast to Him, and that's where you'll find your joy and your purpose and your fulfillment. And so we want to, uh, we don't, you know, one of the things that we'll do uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and then Sunday morning in particular, we'll come together, we will just worship the Lord in song, and we will worship the Lord through hearing His Word. And I want to, before we open God's Word and dig in, I want to challenge you with a thought that I want you to carry this back home to your home church. I'm, I'm going to assume, I never do this, most weekends I assume that we have a lot of kids that are here that aren't believers. Like we've just come out of our winter, um, winter retreat, winter SWO uh, programs, we did like six weeks of that. Um, and now we're doing two weeks of uh, purity retreat, make war. Um, and then we go into our spring D now schedule. This is one of those uh, weekends where I'm going to assume, and I know this is probably not exactly true, but I'm going to assume that everyone here loves the Lord to some degree. You want to follow Christ, otherwise you wouldn't be here. This is kind of a labeled weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you come for a, a ski weekend, you might just be here because you want to go skiing or snowboarding or, you know, cute girl, cute boy, whatever. Um, but on a weekend like this, I mean, like we're going to get, uh, you know, we're going to get down to business. We're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk through, uh, biblical truth and go deep with it and then try to take what we mine out of that deep meaning of scripture and, and give you good application for your lives but this is going to be so here's what i want you to take home with you and it's uh friday night so i'll remind you of this on sunday we have this mindset that worship is music so we say well we're gonna have worship and then we're gonna have preaching or whatever let me tell you something if you're a child of god worship is life and, and, and we don't have relationship problems. We don't have church problems. We don't have commitment problems. We have worship problems, young people. We have a problem in our day where people don't understand that every aspect of your life is worship. The Bible says this, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to God's glory. And when we do something to God's glory, we're doing it to honor him, and that's worship. Amen? It's worship. And you need to believe that you were created to worship God. And the most fulfilling, gratifying moments of our lives will be those moments where we realize in that moment, I am created by God, for God, to reflect His glory, to worship Him. That will, that will jack you up spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. You, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what's been done to you. That will absolutely wreck you, get you upside down, spin you sideways, and then boom, put you right back on your feet with a full head of steam. Like God will absolutely rewrite your life every moment that you realize, I am created to worship. But every moment that you don't understand that, every day that we don't get that, every season of our lives where we walk not with that mindset, here's what's going to happen. 
you're still created for worship, you will just replace the worship of Yahweh, the worship of Jesus, the worship of the triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will replace that worship with the worship of some thing, some moment, some experience, and you'll still be worshiping, but it will be very unfulfilling, and it will leave you empty, broken, and at the very least, unfulfilled. It will leave you unfulfilled. So what we're going to do this weekend is we're going to zoom in on what it is to worship Christ as we've been created to worship him. We're not going to do a bunch of like, uh, here's how you should date. Here's what uh, biblical sexuality should be like. We, we, you know, there's a lot of content and material on our website. We've got podcasts from past conferences. We address that throughout the year at different times. But we believe that if we get a few things right, namely your worship of God and your understanding of his holiness for you, that those other things will take care of themselves. If you are satisfied in Jesus and worshiping Jesus and loving Jesus and get this one, being loved by Jesus. A lot of you know I have a couple of adopted kids. Uh, they're still young enough where I can kind of use them for stories and, uh, and get away with it, you know, when you're, when you're a preacher's kid. There's, a, there's an age where it's like, oh, my gosh, Dad's using me again. You know, so, uh, but they're still a little. And, and they tell you when you, uh, if, and if you're an adopted kid, uh, man, let me tell you something. That is a glorious picture of the gospel right there. Like, that is, that is gospel 2.0, man. That is like Jesus story stuff right there. And so, and I've got adopted siblings. And, uh, and so, it's kind of woven into my family's uh, just DNA and fabric. And, 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 but for, as a Christian, it's such a beautiful picture of the gospel. So, anyway. Uh, they tell you, first off, you're going to do it. They make you read books, which none of them had pictures in them. I was, I, was, I was pretty torn up when I was assigned during our home studies, these books. Like, read this and read this. And I go to read these books. They had big words, sentences that had lots of punctuation. Um, some of those books were like this thick. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. But... Uh, but um, but I remember reading, reading different things, and one of the things that I would read, one of the things they would talk about is that you may face attachment issues. What that means is that child, they, they may not bond you. You're going to go running in, you know, into this relationship where you're like, this is my son, and he's going to be going, now who are you? Who are you, scary man? This got stinky breath and really bearing down on me, and this this personal space thing, just back off, dude. I'm your daddy. I'm your father. That weirds a kid out, man. And so they're telling you all this, like, you're going to have attachment issues, and there's, like, all this psychological stuff, how you go through it. And I realized for the first time in my life going through that process when we did, how, how like, I love this child, but the day this child loves, not me, the day this child loves being loved by me, that's the day it clicked. That's the day we went to a new, like, oh, let's see, what's uh, 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 HNL, a whole nother level, baby. That's mountain talk. I know you spell whole with a W. So if you didn't even know that, you didn't do that part. But it takes the relationship to a completely, entirely different level. When you realize, like, like this child, like, I love this kid, this kid is loving me back and, and receiving some affection, but all of a sudden this child loves being loved by me, man. When, like, the, the place I want to see you guys go in your, sorry, in your walk with the Lord is to a place where you love the fact that Jesus loves you. 
It's more than a little kitty song. It's more than a Bible story. It's the truth, the reality that your life pivots on it. Every part of who you are hinges on this magnificent, glorious reality that Jesus loves you and you love that fact. You love that fact. Because when you get that right, dating will be right. Sex and sexuality will be right. Your life will be where you can receive the most gratification and fulfillment from your relationship with Jesus. So we're going to drill deep into the book of 1 Peter. Primarily, we're going to be in chapters 1 and 2 over the course of this weekend. 1 Peter 1 and 2. That's where we're going to hang out. It's a powerful little letter of the Bible that is written to believers. And, uh, and so we're going to drill down into uh, several passages in this book of the Bible with the goal that you would love the fact that Jesus loves you. Love the fact that Jesus loves you. So we're saying a while ago that worship is everything, right? It's every part of life. One of the things that I always like to tell students is, I pastor, I'm a pastor at a church, and uh, we started church, several of us, about five years ago, we meet Sunday evenings at six o'clock, and uh, we don't have Sunday morning service, we have Sunday evening and then midweek, uh, like home groups, discipleship groups, it's because on Sunday mornings we have, tr- we have worship services here with students. But, and I love to remind the people in our church that worship is just not the part where you're singing songs. Worship is also when you're hearing the word of God. So when you go to church uh, Sunday or Wednesday night to youth or whatever, when, when the pastor is teaching and preaching the word of God and you're sitting there listening to that, that's worship. That's worship, okay? So we're going to enter into now a different sort of part of the worship uh, of the worship service for tonight, and that is the, the teaching, the reading and the teaching and hearing of the Word of God. First Peter chapter 1, we're going to cover about half the chapter tonight, half the chapter tomorrow. Okay, so this is the Word of God. First Peter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, is the guy that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, these words came through his pen, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. None of those towns are in Georgia. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. I wish we had time to unpack that because that is a beautiful sentence right there. It's a beautiful sentence. But the bottom line is this. You are who you are in Christ because of the blood of Jesus. It has cleansed you. It has made you holy. Christ, Christ's work on the cross. When Jesus goes to the cross and he dies in your place, in my place, and we receive that gift of salvation, that's when and how and where we're made holy. Okay, so God makes us holy. We don't make ourselves holy. We like to say around here, God doesn't save you. Listen, young people. God doesn't save you because of something that's good inside of you. He saves you because of something that is glorious inside of him. Amen? God doesn't save you because you're save worthy or because you're good enough or because you earn God's favor. He saves you because he is glorious and gracious and righteous and merciful and long-suffering. And he loves you and he gives you this amazing gift of salvation, gives it to me, and we receive it. And he says this, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's like a worship proclamation. He's praising the Lord. He's blessing the Lord. According to his great mercy... According to means by and through and because of. So by and through and because of God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So let's unpack these verses briefly. Okay, there's, there's, in, in, this, in this first part of the passage that we're going to look at, there's basically several things that I want you to understand that belong to the believer, that you receive as a believer. So as a believer, there are things that you need to recognize that you have. Okay, so today I was, uh, uh, my name's Brody. Nice to meet you. Forgot to introduce myself. My name's Brody. And uh, um, do the, the main speaking here at the camp. And there's uh, a guy here who is over our transportation. And his name's Josh Dunn, JD. He's probably in the house right now. Better be. There he is. All right, good. So, so uh, Josh says to me in the staff meeting today, so I travel around and preach. And a lot of times you go around and preach, and, but we don't charge people. People are like, how much it costs for you to come preach? I'm like, I don't charge people. I don't charge money to preach the gospel. I don't know if that's funny to you, but it's funny to me. Like, uh, it's free. The gospel is free. If I can come preach for you, you know, to some people, then I, that's good and okay. So, all right, so we're going to go preach. And um, so a lot of times people will hand me like an envelope, and it'll have a check or some money in it. And, I, and, and I'm, I don't know if you like this. I take a stick in my pocket, or and I don't look at I forget. Like, I don't think, it, you know, absent-minded. Anybody else? You lose stuff. And so I just got done trading out trucks. And so the truck I've been driving is going to go into the maintenance department here at camp. And I'm driving a different truck. So they're cleaning out my old truck. I've been driving that truck for like 15 years. Josh comes up to me and says, hey, man, did you know there is a $200 check in that truck with coffee stains all over it that's like two or three years old, three years old? And I went, huh, really? He said, yeah. He said, what do you want me to do with it? I said, give it to me. I'm going to cash that sucker. (laughs) Who's it from? He said, Pitts Baptist Church in Concord, North Carolina. I said, I'm going to mess their bookkeeper up this year now. She's going to be sideways. I'm taking that sucker to the bank. I got $200 coming to me. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I, was, I started thinking in my mind, what am I going to spend that $200 on? Then I remembered I got five kids. <laughs> we got to eat. That's what I'm going to spend it on groceries. Same thing I spend everything on. Teenagers, eat, man. Y'all eat. Y'all crazy how much y'all eat. So I got this $200 check. I'm going to cash it. First, I got to call down there to church and see if I cash the check. You know what? I think that so many Christians in the life that God's called us to, we receive so much from Christ that we just kind of shove away. We never tap into. We don't realize it's there. But here's the beauty of it. I'm praying that God unlocks so much for you. And here's the thing. You don't have to call and ask, hey, can I use this? Hey, can I get some grace? Hey, can I get some mercy? Like it is poured out on you. God, God's not holding back from you. God's not saying, I'm going to save you, kid, but now let's see, get to work. Impress me, and I might let you move on up a little bit. It's not like, like God saves you, adopts you as a son or daughter, brings you into his, relation, in, into his family, into a relationship with him through his son Jesus, makes you a son, makes you a daughter, makes you holy. What does holy mean? Set apart from the world and from sin and from filth and, and impurity and the disgusting nature of what Satan wants to do in your life. He pulls you away from that. He says, you're mine. You're mine. And you don't have to like, like if you've been living as a Christian since you were six years old and this weekend stuff starts happening, you go, well, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Oh, that's what God has for me. It's like, it's not like finding that old check 
It is in one sense. You're going, I had this all along, but you didn't got to go make a call and talk to the bank and talk. Can I spend this? Like God's saying, hello, I've been telling you all along, you are righteous, you are pure, you are holy, not because you're good, not because you make commitments and break them, not because you make commitments and keep them. You're righteous and you're holy because Jesus is righteous and holy. And he said, watch this, puts it all over you. He pours out his righteousness on you. I never did that move before. I'm going to use that some more. <laughs> Woo! So he says this. According to his grace, great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection. You see that in verse 3, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Maybe some of you were here last summer. Some of you were not. It's okay if you weren't. You're not going to miss anything. Some of you were. Awesome. We had a, a focus for the week. Anybody remember that focus? The resurrection of Jesus. Okay? The resurrection of Jesus means everything for us, man. Because if Jesus is still dead and in the tomb, like, but what are we doing? The, script, the Bible says if Jesus ain't raised from the dead, you're an idiot. You're an absolute moron. You are out of your mind. Call yourself a Christian. But because we know the resurrection is a reality, there's three things in this passage that the resurrection gives you as a believer. So because of what Jesus did coming out of the grave and being, he didn't just raise from the dead, but he's now ascended to the throne of heaven. And from there, he sits in power and authority and dominion over everything. Jesus is a conquering king. Conquering kings don't negotiate the terms of surrender. So Jesus is not interested in negotiating with you, boyfriend, girlfriend, Sex, no sex, how far do we go, how far do we not go? Jesus is Lord. He's given us salvation because he can. Because he has the authority to. He has the authority to. We got here last weekend, played NFL football. He's a student pastor now. He played for a team that uh, he no longer plays for. He's out of the NFL. If I went up that guy and said, hey, dude, can you put me on the team? What team? The Kansas City Chiefs, man. That's who you played for, right? He's like, yeah, but I mean, I can't do that. Like, I mean, I played for, but I can't, like, I don't have the authority to do that. You know why you, know why you can be in Christ? You know why you can be saved? You know why you can receive the things we're getting ready to look at in this passage? Because Christ has the authority to give them to you. Why does he have the authority? Because he conquered death. He conquered death. You ever, been, you ever been in a uh, conversation with people where people are like, uh, oh, yeah, that ain't nothing. And then they tell you a bigger story. Have you ever been in that situation? You ever been around? Nobody likes hanging out with people like that. Listen, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. It's like, man, I shot a 10-point buck. That ain't nothing, man. It is something. Y'all, I killed it this year with my bow. It's something. Don't, don't rob me of that moment. If it ain't nothing to you, it's something to me. Be kind. But people be like, that ain't nothing. I killed one. It's so big, I shot him right in the face. He fell down. I bet. And it's like, you know, we do that. We're like, I got to tell a bigger story. Can you imagine that? Can you, can you imagine like being in a circle of people and one guy's like, I mean, hey, what? I'm a fighter pilot. Oh, that's impressive. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. What should I say? Uh, I watched Top Gun in high school. You know? uh, um, mm, uh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Fighter pilot. Next guy's like... Yeah, but I'm a combat decorated fighter pilot. Ooh. Oh, he's winning. This guy, he's winning. Okay, all right. all right. Anybody else? Yeah, man, I'm an astronaut. I've been to the moon. 
Ooh, that guy, that guy, nobody beats him. We're talking about, like, you get in a situation where everybody's telling bigger, bigger, greater stories. Jesus goes, I was dead. Now I'm not. Boom! Like, that's authority. Like, oh, the moon? That's nice. You went to the, oh, the little thing I put down there to kind of look nice and come up each day and kind of, ref, it's a little reflection. That's like a reflection of my pinky right there. Whoop, the moon. Okay. Oh, that's good. You went over there? Oh, from there to there? Oh. You see what I'm saying? Like, Jesus has this authority to give and do and be. And he says to you, here's three things you get because of his resurrection. You ready for this? You want to walk in righteousness and godliness and holiness? Sink your teeth into this, okay? Number one, the resurrection of Jesus gives us a living hope. Make sure if you're a note taker, you write the word living in there. Or underline that. He says he's caused to be born again to a living hope. The hope is not a one-time hope. It's a living hope. It's an ongoing hope. A lot of people have this false sense of hope. Like, well, I hope that one day I'll make a lot of money. But it's a terrible thing to hope in. I mean, it's cool if it works out for you. And then some of you will make a lot of money, but that's not what you put your hope in. We hope in something that is living and constant. Listen to what Scripture says. Lamentations, verse 3, I mean, chapter 3, verses 22, 24. I love this passage. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. God's mercies to you are brand new every single day. His righteousness to you is brand new every single day. His holiness poured out on you is brand new every single day. Just like the blood washing down off of his body on that gnarly, nasty, rugged cross and muddy in that ground. I'm like just It's like a continuous flow from the cross. You are holy. You are righteous. You are a daughter of God. You are a son of God because of what Jesus has done. That is as true tomorrow as it was yesterday and will be gloriously and infinitely true a thousand years from now. That's hope, y'all. That's hope. Not like, I hope he doesn't break up with me. I hope she doesn't leave me. I hope, like, like I watch boyfriend-girlfriend relationships with teenagers all the time. I see this all the time. And they're real possessive. Got to be touching each other. Yeah, yeah, for no reason. Well, I mean, I know one reason for the boy. Be touching. Like, y'all stop. Like, t- like we get... We need a spatula or something put in there and pry y'all loose. Then we all super glued at the hip. Like, oh, there, something like can breathe. There got to be body sweat and funk. Y'all need to grease yourself down with deodorant before you sit in church because it's all, you know what I'm saying? Like people like, like, and you know what? And those, like I see relationships come through all the time and, and they're usually one of those people is extremely jealous. Now, why are they extremely jealous? Is it a good, godly, righteous jealousy? No. Let me explain to you what a good jealousy is. Guy walks up to my wife of 22 years. We've been married 22 years. Little. We plays the drums and sings. Walks up to her. You'll be hearing from her some tomorrow morning, ladies. Walks up to her and says, hey, you know, I've been noticing you at, at ball practice for, the, you know, for your, our kids playing on the same team. And I wonder if you want to just meet up for coffee. And she comes home and says, hey, what's what this guy said to me? 
What do you think about that? I think that's bad. Why? Because I'm jealous. Is that good jealousy, bad jealousy? That's good jealousy. No, you don't get to go have coffee with another dude. You don't know. Okay? But there's a bad jealousy that's like, and that jealousy says, no, there's, a, there's an intimacy to this relationship, an affection that we give and receive that no one gets to come into that relationship. No one gets to, like, there's, there's like a perimeter here that nobody gets to come into. That's good jealousy. But I watch young people and they're like, see her in an hour when class is up. Next block, you're going to see her for two and a half minutes. It will be, it literally will be 150 seconds of bliss when I see her walking down that hall. Emoji, emoji, emoji. Smiley face, crying face, heart. Hold hands, heads touching, whatever. Stop it! Stop that! And people are freaked out and relationships are insecure because you're scared you're going to lose this dude. You're scared you're going to lose this girl. Why were you looking at him like that? You know what I never say to my wife? Why were you looking at him like that? You know why? Because there's a depth to the relationship. I ain't worried. I just can't even imagine that. I mean, if she was looking at some dude, I would think, ooh, she's going to crack a joke. <laughs> and you know my wife, you appreciate what I just said because you know that's true. But people are like, she's 30 seconds late. There's just one girl. Like, just jealousy. Listen, let me tell you something. We have a living hope in Christ. That says tomorrow he will love you as infinite and deep as he loves you today. And next Tuesday he will be as committed to you as he was, listen, a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago, before the first human was created. He loved you then and had a purpose and plan for you. We see it there in verse 1. According to the foreknowledge of God, he looked down the corridors of time. He knew you were going to be born into this world and he loved you. And that love is as deep and wide and rich and full a thousand years ago as it will be tomorrow and the next day and 50 years from now. He loves you. And he's jealous for you in the right way. And he wants you to be in a relationship with him. You know why? Because you're a big deal to him. Listen to me. Young lady, you're a big deal to God. You're a big deal to him. Some of y'all wrestling with guilt over decisions you made. Young men and young women here this weekend under the addiction and slavery that pornography brings you into. You've done things, you've gone places, you've thought stuff, you've been in relationships and situations that you think, how in the world do I recover from that? How do I get over that? How do I have freedom from that? How do I move forward to th- from, that, from that? Because you have a living hope that is greater than a deadening sin. And that is in Christ Jesus because of his resurrection. He will lift you out of that give you freedom because he's a good God and he loves you sit on the edge of my uh I told you I got five kids my, my middle daughter Laylee she's homeschooled the others go to school she's homeschooled and uh so it's kind of cool because after everybody's in bed at night me and Laylee we that's our time that's when we do our thing with each kid kind of target different time through the week me and Laylee at night everybody's in bed and we watch episodes of this old tv show from when I was a kid it's called the a-team okay and it's like and I mean it is like <laughs> 
It is awesome, man. It reminds me of being a kid again. And it's, and it's so funny because she likes to watch it. It's real kind of cheesy, corny, but fantastic. And we watch the A-Team. And uh, it's the other night watching the A-Team. We usually get something to drink, something to eat. Usually it involves consuming large quantities of ice cream. Um, that's my vegetable for the day. And so we go in. I put her in her bed, tuck her in afterwards. And I sit down on the edge of that bed. And, and I just said, you, I need you right now in this moment to look at me like my kids know, like there's times where it gets intense you know I'm an intense dude and I said I need you right now to look at me you are a big deal you're a big deal you're a big deal to me and I can tell you a thousand reasons why but you're a big deal to the creator God of this universe and he went to a nasty, bloody cross, died for you so that you could have hope tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Hope for sexual freedom. Hope for sexual purity. Hope for a future godly marriage, even though you've come out of a broken home where divorce has ravaged your household. You have hope that there is something greater because of who Christ is. And I looked at that little girl and I said, you're a big deal because Jesus died for you. Not just that, he rose for you. Live in hope. The Bible says in Psalm 19 that day to day pours out speech, night to night reveals knowledge. The heavens declare God's glory. Psalm 19, 1, reflect his glory. When you walk out, I hope it's sunny and pretty tomorrow because today was like, boom, today was nuclear in its beauty. I mean, like, you look to the north this morning, and as the sun was just starting to hit that northern mountain range right there, I was like, <gasps> and I started to take a picture with my phone, and I was like, are you kidding me? Just stop and drink it in. Because there's, like, no photograph will do justice for this. And that sunrise reflects God's glory. And that sunrise happens every day. Even if it's cloudy, it happens. The sun's coming up. God's glory's being revealed. The moon's coming up. God's glory's being revealed. The heavens declare it. The stars reflect it. I've seen the northern lights three or four times. I don't know if you've ever seen those things. They are brilliant. I don't even know what they are. (laughs) We were... We were duck hunting in Saskatchewan a couple times. We've been up there, and both trips I took out there, it was like, y'all know where Saskatchewan is? That also ain't in Georgia or North Carolina. That's over in Canada. Um, but, man, it was like coming off those planes just, and it's like the heavens declare God's glory. And the Scripture says in Psalm 19, too, the very next verse, day to day pours forth speech. That means every day, as much as your hope is living and active, and it's every day a new reality for you, a fresh reality. God's given you hope when you go to school next week and you've been made fun of because you take a stand for the gospel. When you've been ridiculed because you refuse to fall in the world's definitions and terminology of what sexuality is supposed to be, God is saying every day, my speech is pouring forth, and I'm saying, look, look at me, gaze at me, see my glory, see my wonder, reflect it to your friends, reflect it to this world. Day to day pours forth speech. That's why it's so critical to grab hold of God's word. Mercies are new every morning. Day to day pours forth forth speech. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 16, or 1 Corinthians 2, 16, that you and I have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. And then in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, 
every day, where like, like constantly, continually, that mind is being renewed. A new mind. You ever notice how you'll have victory in one area of your life, but then a few days later you're struggling with it again? And you think, I'm a horrible Christian. No, you just haven't, re- your mind's not being renewed. It's got to be renewed every day. God's hope is living. His mercy's new every day. His glory is real to you every day. Drink from that. Dig into that. Receive that. Have it. It's my pursuit of Christ, my constantly renewed mind, and appreciation for God's mercy to me and his constantly flowing word in my life are so important for me to live the life he's called me to. This is the hope I have. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, 26, right in there somewhere, it says that Christ washes you and me. He washes us with the water of his word. You need God's word in your life to sustain you, strengthen you. That hope is only possible because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. You want to know what a big deal you are? Jesus suffered death and then came back to life and defeated your greatest enemies so that you could live. You're a big deal. You're a big deal. You need the Word of God every day. You need the Word of God every day. It's what gives you that core strength in your life as a Christian. Number two, there's three things. That's the biggest one, or the, the lengthiest one. Three things in this passage that we're looking at. As a result of the resurrection, number two, the resurrection gives you an inheritance. An inheritance. Have you ever imagined this, like I have this what if thing about like I had this rich, rich, great uncle distant that I didn't know existed and he hears about my life and just before he dies, he strokes me a check for a couple million. An inheritance like that, it'd be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, some of your parents were like freaking out over the Powerball deal a couple weeks ago. Like just... Like, we, we see something like that, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, never, I didn't buy a ticket for it. Um, I, didn't, I, I don't even know how, <laughs> how you buy one. I didn't buy it at a gas station. But I did drive down the road imagining what it would be like to win it. You know, it was like a billion and some dollars, right? You guys remember that? It was like maybe a month ago. And I think, if I, if I won all that money, I would buy Saskatchewan. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. Talk about duck hunting shoot big deer and moose they got mooses up there probably they probably got grizzly bears i would love to shoot a grizzly bear right in the throat Bow! and then take a picture holding this big paw up you know like Hoo-hoo-hoo. you're looking at youth pastor right now can you take us home <laughs> but seriously it's kind of cool to think about if you could do that like an inheritance that says here's money or here's land or here's the you know, like you know what? You have an inheritance that's described in three terms. Your inheritance is this holiness, this eternal life, this life with Jesus, this freedom from sin. You've been rescued from sin if you're a Christian. And he describes this inheritance three ways. Imperishable, undefiled, unfading. Imperishable means this, not able to be destroyed. Nothing can destroy what God has given to you. The Bible says it this way in John chapter 10, verse 28. He says, I give, you etern- I give them eternal life. And they will not perish, and no one will pluck them out of my hand. Nobody will pluck you out of God's hand. Boom, got you like that, man. You talk about a big, beefy, meaty hand. And we sung a song about it one time when I was a kid. He's got the whole world in his hand, like, yeah. And he's got you, just like that. Pry it loose. I got this one dysfunctional finger, if you'll notice it now when I'm preaching. It's an old football injury. There's no flexor tendon in that. It got ripped out. And anyway, so if I want to make a fist... Like if I go to pick up nails or something, it's like, hello, hello. Hey, fella, get, get with the program here. And it's, ah. 
I'm trying, but there's no tendon to flex that. So I have to grab it with these fingers. And it's like, come on, buddy, we'll help you. Okay, we're a team. You know, like that. Like God, so I'll grab, like I was grabbing uh, nails, roofing tacks, and they, were, and they were falling out of this little gap in there. I was like, ah, man. Put it like that. Like, God, I want you to imagine, like, when God's got you, that, like, there's no slippage, there's no gaps, there's no, he's not losing you. Even when you give yourself to a boy or girl sexually, you give yourself away physically, you give yourself to the lusts of this world, God, if you're a child of God, has still got you. And the great hope in that is, he'll forgive you, set you free from that. But I can't cut this corner. The great fear in that is there will be discipline because those of us who are his sons and daughters, he loves us. He'll chasten and discipline us to bring us back into this place where we're walking with Christ. Your inheritance is imperishable. It's not able to be destroyed. You're not leaving God's hand. He's got you. The second thing he says is that it's undefiled, your inheritance, because of the resurrection in Christ. You have a living hope, and now you have this inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled, which means not polluted. What God has given to you is perfect and unpolluted. It's unstained. It's it's literally unstained. Isn't that beautiful? Like God gives you, and we're not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about your sexual purity. I'm talking about something bigger than that. There's people in this room that have messed up. Made mistakes. There's men and women, husbands and wives in this room that have made mistakes when they were teenagers. Listen, we're not talking about God's gift to you that's unpolluted and unstained is your sexual purity. His gift to you that's unpolluted and unstained is his righteousness. His holiness, his glory revealed in salvation. He saves you and makes you a son or daughter. It's, it's not polluted. No one can defile what God has made pure and holy. Don't you listen to Satan's lies when he's whispering in your ears? You're just dirty. You're filthy. You're unworthy. Church signs are funny. They're pretty cheesy. A lot of them are corny. But I saw one one time that was just awesome. It was like, when Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, because wrapped up in his future is your eternal inheritance. It's, it's not polluted. It cannot be polluted. And next, it's unfading. So the resurrection gives us an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Which simply means it's not subject to decay. That means you're going to make mistakes, young person. Listen, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to look at things you don't need to look at. You're going to touch things you don't need to touch. You're going to taste things you don't need to taste. You're going to make mistakes in your life. You're going to fall and fail and make an absolute wreck of things at times. There will be moments where you go, what in the world am I doing? Some of you are already there. And here's what you need to know. That the inheritance God has given you through the resurrection of Jesus will not decay. You can't do enough bad stuff to erode it away. Now, we're going to get into this tomorrow. That doesn't mean, oh, good, I'll just go do what I want to do. No, because that's exactly the opposite of what Scripture says. Because of who you are in Christ, how could you continue in that? The glorious reality of the gospel drives us towards holiness. So our inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and and that's what that, here's what that means. You are a big deal to God. You're a big deal to God. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that Jesus is sitting on a throne in heaven. He is equal with God. And he leaves that, comes to earth for you and I. To save you from your sin. 
a big deal. So the resurrection of Jesus gives us a living hope, gives us inheritance, and lastly, it gives us protection. He said, look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Guarded. What's the word guarded mean? You know what it means. That's like easy. Yeah, be smart and know what guarded means. Protecting you. God's protecting you in moments when you make bad decisions, in moments where it feels like the pain is more than you can bear, in moments where you feel rejected or abandoned or left alone, God is guarding you. Through his resurrection, he's protecting and guarding you because his resurrection is at work in you because when Christ died on the cross, those of us who are Christians, we died there with him. Therefore, when Christ was raised from the dead, those of us who are Christians, we were raised with him. You're a walking miracle because of the resurrection of Jesus. And he protects you. I think about the protection of my kids, man. Like what I would do. Never forget the scariest, probably one of the scariest moments in my life. Kilby and I, my oldest, uh, we were, um, she's here tonight. This is not like a weird kid story. But we were, we were in, Kilby and I and Little, my wife, the three of us, we were on a deal where we were kind of doing some like missions reconnaissance work, like strategy stuff. And we were walking, uh, we, we were checking some slum areas in Mumbai, India, and we got in a rickshaw to drive to another part of the city, and we did not realize it was Muhammad's birthday, which is a Muslim holiday big time. And we found ourselves in a dead center of that city, or like the, por- the part of the city where it was, like, it was like everybody's chanting stuff, they're singing crazy songs. Think of the like, most intense worship service you've ever been in. Now imagine that times about 10,000 people and they're worshiping a demon. We're right in the middle of that. And I, it's the only time in my life that I ever think maybe I showed fear, you know, where, my, like, where one of my kids could see it. I was like, and I remember just saying, I remember saying to Kilby, okay, if this thing goes bad, because people were looking at us, yelling at us, that like, you know, we stand, we're standing out, sticking out pretty bad. And I said, if, if something happens and a mob comes around, there's a lot of young men in, in full garb, you know, they're wearing the stuff. And I was like, I'm going to just dive on you. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to wrap myself around you and we'll lay on the ground. And if they're stabbing, punching, kicking or whatever, I, I'll be able to, I think I'll be able to take a lot. Because my adrenaline will kick in, and, and the Lord will give me strength to, and, and hopefully, and we'll pray that somebody will intervene, and then stop it from happening, and then you'll be okay. I was like, we had, so that was, that was my plan, that's all I could come up with. Um, if we had been in Atlanta, I'd have been like, I'll pull out my Glock, and it'll be over, you know, so it's <clears throat> a so no-brainer, but we weren't in Atlanta. And so, um, so, but I remember, I remember the helpless feeling of that thinking, I'm in a, I am in a situation where I can't completely protect what has been entrusted to me. Let me tell you something. God is never in that situation in your life. There's never a moment in your life where God's going, oh, man, I don't know what to do right now. I'm freaking out. Like, just hang on. Maybe you'll get out of this alive. Maybe you'll get out of this with your purity. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll be okay. God's never in that situation, y'all. He's like, I got you. I'm guarding you. I'm protecting you. And one day when you're 25, 35, 45, you're going to look back and see sections of your life that you don't even see now where you go, oh, I see how God was protecting me right there. Yeah, he had me. That's good. He's got you, man, because he loves you. He loves you. You're a big deal. It's a big deal. 
So surrender to that love. Live in his protection and provision. And know that God loves you. He has a great plan and purpose for your life. Amen? You guys ready for an awesome weekend? The preacher's long-winded, but it's because this is good stuff, man. The Bible's good. Okay, now listen. Hey, I'm going to give you some instruction. All right, now, you're going to go to share groups. Tonight's share group will be fairly brief because it's late. It's like, it's like well after 10, okay? But you can hang and chill. It's going to be pretty laid back. We want to get, here's, here's your assignment for the rest of the evening. I want you to talk to your share group leaders, and you've got to answer one question for us tonight. And you, like, nobody's going to quiz you or, like, make you feel awkward. You're going to be sitting there with your buddies. What are your expectations for this weekend? There's no wrong answer, okay? No wrong answer. What are you expecting out of the weekend? Some of you are like, ah, you know, I'm kind of into it, kind of not. I just came along, tagged along with some friends. But, like, what are your expectations? To play paintball? Or, like, no, I really want to get some practical stuff. Like, whatever, okay? What are your expectations for the weekend? And then we're going to rediscuss that on Sunday after the Sunday morning, the final session. Okay, now listen. Here's the other thing. Um, men, you're going to go meet in the dining hall area, the metal building where we, where we do meals. That's out of this building, turn right. It's the next building down there. Ladies, you'll meet in here. We'll take about a 10-minute break and you'll meet. Now listen, small group leaders, staff, institute people, listen to me. In the back of the room, we have um, a table with beads, those, the, the, the handmade beads from Harriet our dear sister in Africa. And so explain to your, uh, your small group, um, your, your share group, what that's about, briefly what that story is, a cool way to support an awesome family, a godly single mom in a third world country that's fighting and scraping to provide for her kids. Really cool opportunity. So um, y'all explain that for us, and that will be set up back here the entire weekend, all right? You guys are awesome. It's going to be an awesome day tomorrow. Jesus is going to do big things. Let, 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 me, let me turn you loose. Did I pray? Wait. I didn't pray. Okay, wait, wait. Sit down. You disrespectful people. You. I'm just All right, listen, I'm going to pray. All right, let me pray and we'll get out of here. Lord, thank you for your word. We love it. We're, we are challenged by it. We're blessed by it. It gives us life. It gives instruction. You get, it is living and active. It is living. It is not just a thing. It is not an object. It is living just as your hope is living. Every aspect of who you are and what you've given to us is living and breathing. So help us to respond to it in our living and breathing lives. God, I pray tonight you'd, you'd apply it to our lives. I pray for a, an awesome time of fellowship and hangout and share groups. I pray that you would open up doors of conversation. And I pray we have an amazing weekend. God, it's going to come and go so fast. But please do great things in our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.